Welcome to the seventh episode of Series 2 of the Care Exchange, the Skills for Care podcast for managers in social care. I'm Pierre Rathje-Burton. And I'm Ali Rusbridge. So today we're talking to Jay Harper. Jay has worked in social care for over 20 years. He started his career as a support worker, working with people with learning disabilities and sensory impairment. But he's worked in many different roles, including maintenance, laundry assistance and catering. He just recently started to work as an area manager for Transparent Care and he oversees residential and supported living services. Transparent Care is a national organisation supporting people with learning disabilities. And previously to his current role, he worked as a registered manager for seven years. And in that role as a registered manager, he managed a number of services, including a service that was rated overall outstanding. Yeah, so looking forward to hearing what it's like to be an area manager um, and hearing mm. everything else Jay has got to tell us. Yeah. On with the show. So, welcome to the Care Exchange, Jay. Thanks very much for joining us. Hello. <laughs> Good to have you here today. So, let me I'll start by asking you. So you are in role as area manager now, um, and obviously you were. We heard introduction there that you have been you were a registered manager for quite a long time. What is the main differences from the role being an area manager compared to being a registered manager? Being an RCM is is quite isolated. Being a, an area manager, uh, even more so sometimes. Except to step into that role, you have to look at the global issues rather than the local issues. You're not in the thick of it day in, day out, but you're very aware of what's going on. And you are essentially more, the organisation wants you to be more geared to the compliance side of things and Mm -hmm. using your knowledge uh, and experience to guide the the RCMs out of um, any times when they feel like they might fall into that corner or, you know, firefighting mode where things are flying at them thick and fast and you can see that slowly they might be falling under the weight of all of those different things coming in and you are essentially there to help them pull themselves out of that help build their resilience um, and and stay on course and yeah. let them know that they're not alone you know it, it's the best job you know, being an RCM we'll all agree it's one of the best experiences but can become uh, sensory overload quite quickly. So, you know, being that person that is able to say, you know, I've been there and I know what that feels like, I know what it felt like for me, Uh, here's what I did. So yeah, compliance mainly is what I do day to day. Uh, It it sounds like you um, miss being a registered manager. Are are there bits about it that, that you really miss? I miss being a support worker. Um, that's what I'm at my very core. Right. But yes, the RCM role was the, the, my next, uh, the next one um, because you, you have a certain amount of oversight and direction. Uh, you, you have a certain amount of sway with what, you know, direct things. And I had the, I, I nurtured a few wonderful things uh, pulled together people from all different walks of life with all different experiences, most of them non-care, and um, utilised all of those skills, uh, matched everyone to activities better. 
together and we had a certain amount of uh, push from the organization to go certain ways, but with, within certain parameters, you could move that mostly based on what the people in the service actually wanted. Um, and as long as it was within values and, you know, organizational direction, you, you had movement. And so, yeah, really did enjoy it. And when you're just kind of to clarify, so RCA is what you're calling the register manager role. No, sorry, RCM. RCM. Okay, just to make it sure, because uh, uh, so RCM is the register manager role in the organisation you work for. Just to make sure that we we we. It's a care manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, completely understand that. Um, does it feel strange not to have that? kind of direct you know I don't I, I know what you're saying in terms of you know when you're a registered manager you are you it's it's it com completely takes over you, your your focus is on that service isn't it yeah and now you are having to sort of step up and understand a bit about kind of having an overview about all your services and kind of being able to just think about more strategically does that feel strange or is it quite a nice feeling to be able to maybe not have it so all-consuming that you can kind of have a bit more of a, a, a bird's eye view of, of all your services and therefore maybe see things that if you're yes, in the thick absolutely. of it clarity is the thing that it gives you having that um that step back i wouldn't say um attached at all um because you can still very much pick up on what's going in there i don't think that ever leaves you um the funny thing for me is uh going back to the point about being a support worker at eyes I realized that to be the support worker I wanted to be, I couldn't be, I couldn't be that support worker, but I could be the manager of that support worker or the area manager of that support worker. I could have, um, I could change the framework in which people were working in the area, which people were working in uh, the resource and the planning uh, and the background, but they could deliver what I've, I fundamentally wanted to deliver. Yeah. So being an area manager gives me uh, a bit more uh, oversight in, in, in enabling that at that level but yes the, the clarity to, to step back and, and say to the to the to the RCM the registered managers yes I can see what's happening now yeah things coming in thick and fast let's sit down and work this out let's prioritize and let's work through these actions and um yeah it's uh it's very very different it's not about me and uh, that's the fundamental through, through everything it's not about me it's about what's happening right at the front line and if I jump in now then I'm back there I'm not helping someone develop I'm not helping the succession route I'm doing the job of the person essentially uh, my subordinate uh, you know, isn't good effective use of time mm. so having having that in the back of your mind almost saying I mustn't go in and do it because that's not going to help the register manager I need to aid them to be able to solve those problems what wedge well. do I need to provide almost yeah. uh, an active support stance towards people that are doing the support yeah. um which is you know there, there's a lot of tools we use in social care that are directed towards people with support but actually if you uh, turn it on its head and look at the people who are doing the support they are very very useful yeah mm -hmm. We've had somebody else talk about that before on a podcast. This, this thing of actually using some of those tools that you're using for the people you're supporting, actually using them for other people as well, because, you know... Fundamentally, we're all yeah. people. And yeah, that's no, exactly. the key message, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So in that current role as supporting those registered and the other staff, and you were talking about being that frustrated support worker, 
how do you provide how do you do that how do you make sure that they feel supported i don't want to just be another suit just another <laughs> another person uh, blend into the background you know it, uh, i've make sure i'm visible make sure i spend time with the people that actually with their support you know they are our employers essentially um the, the the power should be in their hands and if i can glean any information from them that helps i would be doing them a disservice if i didn't learn that off them directly and i, I spend a bit of time i uh, mill about um I, I like to chat to everyone we've got some lovely lovely sites i work on feeding that back into the the well old machine as it were uh, by the support workers, the, any of the, the day services that we operate and the service managers. Yeah, you, you started by saying that you thought the um, registered manager's role was very isolating. Um, so how, how do you stop the managers that you supervise feeling isolated? What do you do to mitigate against that? Linking people together as uh, as and as a team I, uh, I remember when I first started as a service manager and registered manager and everything seemed very disjointed most people were um, silos so they were mm. just you know sitting in their own building we use technology quite a bit uh, so Microsoft Teams has been really really helpful we um, get the teams together so get the team to know each other and, and uh, realize the benefit of peer-to-peer -peer support me when I first started out as a registered manager I remember that I was just finding all of these tasks that I needed to do that were just seemed like I was reinventing the wheel every single time mm -hmm. and it, it dawned on me probably a little bit too late that actually there's someone down the road like two minutes in one of our other services that's probably experienced this problem before that has um a really good resource to help with something or have developed something themselves with with their support that actually would be ideal and so it took for me to learn that you know reach out and ask that question if the no is to know then at least you know for sure that you've got to do a piece of work um so yes it's getting the team together um particularly now for the organization that i work for my area is quite large it's really really large so Physically getting people together is difficult. During the pandemic, when I first started in the organisation, it was impossible to get people together. We just, uh, you know, we couldn't. And it, it, sometimes it was illegal. So it was, we had to think about how we could do that. And Microsoft Teams became, uh, and other, other networks as well, did help at Zoom, for instance. So it was, we, we, we set up our uh, area team meetings on Zoom. We uh, did it, uh, shared fun things we were doing outside of work and uh, any charity things that we were doing um, we would raise money and share resources across the you know our, our, our specific patch and a whole organization um, <clears throat> a thing that we were doing within the organization for the people to support initially was a social club and that was utilizing uh, Microsoft uh, utilizing Zoom and it we looked around to see what resources that we had and what skills that we had between us. And we had a few people in the team who could utilize Macathon, but weren't so happy getting in front of a large group of people who uh, sessions online, they were a bit camera shy, but also the logistics of delivering that on a, on a, a virtual platform um, 
when it's very physical. Uh, that was quite a hard concept. However, I'm a level three British Sign Language signer and um, an interest that I've had my whole life. Uh, I, I offered myself to do a, a 10 session scheme of work and we opened that up to the staff teams and our, our service managers and people across the whole organization eventually. And it was really, it was a breath of fresh air. It's what everyone needed during a, a period of absolute isolation. It allowed us to interact with people and get familiar with people and see their faces, know their voices and, and break down those, those physical barriers. And, you know, using a, a, a platform about communication to teach communication was, was kind of brilliant. And, and I worked my way around the logistics uh, with multiple cameras with different camera angles and a light box. Um, it's actually something that went down really, really well. Uh, Utilise some of the skills I'd learned in other places, like how to um, develop themes of work and uh, resources to share. And um, I'm actually going to revisit that soon and do another 10 sessions um, recap for the people that really want to just on that to uh, really that embed great. it. It was really, really good. Yeah, a great. I suppose a great way for you as a as a fairly new member of staff to get to know lots of people as well, or for them to get to know you, to know you, know who you are. Yeah, as an opportunity to be visible um, without actually being on site and yeah, yeah. doing stuff. So when so obviously you came from uh, your previous role to the one you are now was a registered manager, and we heard an instruction there that that role, that service that you are managing. Uh, achieved overall outstanding so what do you think were sort of kind of the key ingredients to achieve that overall outstanding for the service that you are managing complete service clarity um uh, i'm never one to hide my workings uh, i'm always one to share probably a bit too much uh, it was everyone being on board with the vision, why, what we were doing, why we were doing it, who we were there for, who ultimately were we serving, what was our purpose. Sometimes we'd have to reverse engineer something, strip something down sometimes and say, why is this process that we are doing in this building, is this something that we've inherited? Does it ultimately serve the people that we're supposed to be supporting? Did it come from them? We would, you know, take a lot of things apart and rebuild it back together as a team uh, and a group of people who live there and it was brilliant actually utilizing the skills of everyone that was in the building to really push forward the direction that we wanted to go and I found that utilizing everyone's skills one become more engaged with what they were delivering they were became more passionate about what they were doing and um, we became passionate about using the word passionate because people were very scared of loaded words <laughs> and language is very important so we we went uh, through lots and lots of different things but nothing was uh, private uh, unless GDPR stated it could be and we, we we really got to grips with what the guys that we support those who could communicate it in a manner that, um got what they wanted uh, that we had feedback systems throughout every level and an opportunity for people to provide it anonymously if necessary work that all back into uh, what we were doing and review that quite regularly and really push forward with well let's have some fun while we're doing it um you know someone says they want to you know go on a roller coaster and this person's been in a wheelchair their whole life and they've been told no they can't go on a roller coaster let's find a way to find a uh, 
something that is kind of like that experience or similar in that way or build up to an experience that's like that and we became very good researchers <laughs> very very good uh, travel agents and <laughs> we we picked up a plethora of skills that people wouldn't consider that you would need for social care and it's become one of the uh, the famous taglines now it's you they said be a carer and you know it's just going to dances and things like that actually this hundreds and hundreds of things that you need to add to your boat to do the job and every single time every one of those skills come with a memory and an experience and it was but yeah it's um we just basically we wanted to learn things because we knew it would help people that we taught and i don't think anyone was shy, was shy about that um so i think that's what really helped i really wasn't the person that the, the inspector was there to talk to and I felt really, really confident that everyone in the building was passionate about why they were doing what they were doing. And so I didn't have to hover. And I just, um, it wasn't a big event. You know, the CQC person coming to inspect our services was there to see fundamentally what the, uh, the experience of the guys that we were supporting. And I made sure that all of our paperwork was in check so they could get through that as quickly as possible to go and do that. And I think that's ultimately what, what drove it forward. You've, you mentioned the word passion so many times and, and the listeners can't see your face, but it's written all over your face, but hopefully they can hear it in there. I was just interested that in the CQC report, it was talking about how you were an excellent role model for your staff and how you were modelling the behaviours and attitudes towards people that you expected the staff to replicate. And I, I just wondered how you do that, how, how, how you become a, a good role model. Uh, like I've said at the start, I was a support worker, so I always give people all of the information uh, or as much as that they can need to do that part uh, and understand why it's important that they're doing that part. Um, but I would also do it myself and I would always coach and mentor and there was nothing that I wouldn't do. And everyone had seen that, you know, there was, if someone was short or someone was having a pretty hard time that day, I would be happy to step in and support People always have this idea that um, you go to work and you leave your things at the door, but I don't. I can't see how people do that because people are people, and <laughs> people are, are what they've brought with them. So sometimes you'd have people that would come in, and the world had had fallen down outside, but they'd still shown up for work that day. And for me, uh, that still meant more than anything that they'd be willing when they felt like their world was falling down, that they'd still come and help build someone else's up that day. So mm. it, it was imperative that I did something when I saw that happening um, and not shy away. And you're currently um, kind of doing a master's, aren't you, in business administration. So you started that while you were a registered manager. What, why did you decide to go to university? I always wanted to return to university. Um, I started a social work degree had a lot of issues with um, my dyslexia and dyspraxia along that journey and um, things that I've actually learned at my coping strategies around now. However, I really, really struggled through that and uh, it was it was a very difficult time. I did a placement as a deputy manager in um, a youth hostel and I decided that it was definitely somewhere I wanted to be. So um, it just stuck with me that I wanted to carry on that then I did my level five and 
uh, registered managers award and uh, i got offered to go back to the charity that i'd worked for before as um support worker and as an agency support worker at some point in time um, pretty much every job at some point and it just stuck with me that the the, the uh, an organization that I worked for before it really felt like I, I was in the right place doing the right thing and uh, I hadn't really felt that before so I've always had some aspirations for some governance or you know some strategic leadership um, and or and you know anything in the realms of policy so it seemed like uh, quite a serendipitous fit at the time for me and I don't believe in that half of the time but I saw it and I, I said actually it was too good to miss and it's been everything that I wanted it to be uh, when I when I first started it out it feels like it's been going on forever but um, <laughs> I'm coming to the end now actually I'm on my dissertation and it's been it's been really positive all the way through uh, I've tapped into things from my registered managers award and from my previous degree and all of my experience in social care over the years that I didn't realize was there. And it, it's, it's been, it's helped my resilience somewhat knowing that actually that information is in there. Mm. But yeah, it, um, it's definitely something I would suggest everyone look into. So the fact that it's not a specific social care degree, that it's, business as such what why make that decision because most or well, many people might think well if i'm going to go to university i'm going to do something that's completely relevant to what i what i do i'm not saying business isn't but you know do you, i see what i mean why did you decide to do the business degree well i've i've quite a lot of different social care based qualifications um the working development fund have helped me gain quite a few uh weird and wonderful uh, bits and pieces along the way as well I have all the experience in that field I have the wonderful uh, opportunity of going through Anglia Ruskin University their uh, MBA also accommodates NGOs it also accommodates the charity sector it also accommodates yeah. the and that that was music to my ears because you know, uh, I, I never want to leave this sector. This is really where I should be. And um, the, the, the opportunity to, to learn more about how I can be instrumental in that sector, how I can be of use, comes from something that some people may seem as quite abstract. Business doesn't seem to click, but it, it is fundamentally a business. The key, the key operating parameters are the same. Granted, a lot of people do MBAs and they do it for money and they do it for status or they do it to go into big business. But I think actually they're at a loss. The, you know, the business of people is fundamentally one that's always going to be here. Yeah, and I think I think it's really interesting that you you chose to do to do that rather than something mm. that might, might have been more obvious. Uh, absolutely, and you know, and I think. Sometimes when we talk to registered managers, it's the business part that they, those skills that they, they struggle with. So I think there's a, it's a really interesting thing to be doing. Uh, just moving on to something completely different. So holidays are really important to you, aren't you? They holiday, they're really important to all of us, but <laughs> they're particularly important to you. You're sort of kind of involved with um, sort of kind of supportive holidays, which is sort of separate 
to your normal role, isn't it? It's sort of something that you're doing out away from work that you're supporting people with sort of multi-century needs to go on holiday both uh, in the UK and abroad. Why why did you decide to be involved with that? It is definitely something separate now. It's okay. um, uh, a role that I, I I wanted to keep on. It's as you said, it's the nicest part of of everything. Everyone loves holidays. It is the best thing uh, I've, uh, I'll ever I've ever done really. Um, structuring holidays and planning holidays and then delivering holidays to people who don't have immediate access to the holiday that they need because of uh, a disability or a diagnosis. Um, you know, it's it's hard for people. Uh, in supported uh, environments or who have a disability or a diagnosis to have holidays and respite away from their parents or their caregivers. It's really, really tough and super, super expensive. Uh, it's changing. It, it has been changing rapidly uh, the last couple of years. But to be, I'm lucky to have worked for an international charity that has uh, an arm that provides holidays um, and that's the, the charity that I worked for for over almost 20 years on and off. So, and I've done uh, probably about 35 holidays over that time. And if every single one of them has been just, it, the people who go on it are awe inspiring and they, they recharge my, my battery to do what I do. Um, it takes a lot. <laughs> it takes so much. Um, uh, it, it gives so much more and it's lovely to see the guys experiencing what they experience when they're on these holidays and to, to manufacture an opportunity for people to make friends, you know, and manufacture an opportunity, don't force it and step back and see it happen and mm -hmm. see that, that it, it's lovely and it's, you know, there should be more of it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been one of the best things I've ever done. So for me going back to what i used to do and holistically look at uh the the needs that someone may have or the outcomes that they may have and how how to build on them and how to develop them the holiday provided some of the best opportunities to do that mm. educate someone through something or build on something that they've learned before that is that is your window of opportunity um yeah they are the best experiences and um uh, yeah, I, those are those have been the best experiences in my life. So, so moving on in all our podcast um, episodes, we ask our guests to um, uh, what we call our time for care slot to give your most time saving tip that you'd like to share with listeners. So what's your most time saving tip? I'm racking my brain and people may laugh when they hear me say um, because uh, <laughs> I, I always seem to be busy. Uh, and I try not to be, I always try to be open. But um, for me, really, the one thing that will resonate with people who know me would, would be that um, never underestimate how being reflective can make you effective. Ooh. So, for me, you know, I should have it tattooed somewhere. Um, for me, it was realized with being honest with myself, how long things have taken me in the past. Most often, we're not doing something for the first time and I'm probably, probably repeating myself. Um, be honest with yourself, how long did that activity take? Or how long did that 
part of an activity take that's similar to a part that you might need to do in the future. Use that information to build in your timings. If you know that that job that you've got, that you've just created for yourself mid-meeting, because you think, actually, I need to do that, is only going to take you five minutes. You know that it's only going to take you five minutes. Get it done that day, put it away, clear mm. some headspace. And that's 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 the one for me. Being. I really like that. It's a good motto, isn't it? Being reflective can make you effective. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really good motto. Brilliant. Um, okay, so you you've shared so much with us already. But our final question is: We're imagining. We ask you to imagine you're on the you're in a lift. You're on the tenth floor and you're going down. And before people get out, you want to impart a, a kind of leaving message. So, what um, what would you want to leave people with? What's your your message, most important thing you'd like to say? Be in the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about the journey. Uh, that's where the joy is. That's where you, you, you build the real trust and, and you, you build that experience. So, you know, be there and feel it. You, you can do all the planning you like and do all the paperwork you like. But actually, if you're there, you're doing 100%. It's an experience for both of you and both artists will feel it. Um, yeah that's lovely and a really yeah. really positive way to finish that yeah absolutely yeah thank, thank you, you very much uh thanks yeah well that was that was really a, a good summary of everything you're sort of saying because i think all the way through it's really clear that you you're how important it is for you to be in the moment and really listening to what people are saying so uh thank you for that um and thank you very much for for your time today i know you're really busy so thank you so much really 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 interesting to hear everything you've talked about so thanks so much yeah, bye, thank you for having me it's been brilliant okay bye bye-bye was an interesting conversation with Jay there wasn't it yeah he was so passionate I thought absolutely you know that person-centered approach was just in everything that he talked about wasn't it yeah I mean even saying he didn't want to be a suit you know as a manager he didn't yeah. want to be just another suit I really like that he wanted to be a, a sort of very personable and approachable manager um, for those he was supporting yeah. but I, I think that what kept coming through was the the people that the organization was supporting you know he, he had those as his fo the, the individual of the focus the whole time didn't he absolutely and I, I you know I like his sort of this you got the uh, feeling that he is this frustrated support worker who yeah. may have moved to an area manager role but he really is that frustrated support yeah. worker who, who's just sort of kind of desperate to come out in any way he, he can and, and I think that also shows by the fact that he continued to support people with holidays in his in his kind yeah. of almost his spare time you know what a what an amazing thing to be doing yeah yeah I, I, the other thing that really impressed me with Jay was that he's gone back to university and is doing this master's. Um, mm. You know, I know we've spoken before about this in, the importance for registered managers to keep learning and, and taking their own development and their own CPD seriously, that that's a really important part of uh, <clears throat> being a registered manager is to, to, to continue to learn and continue mm. to um, develop yourself. Um, you know, we have a number of, of resources that to help with that. Um, we've got the Well-Led program, which is a, a four-day program for registered managers. We've got the sort of next step from the Well-Led is the Leading Change Improving Care, which are endorsed training providers. Both those are endorsed training providers are delivering 
Mm. And they're both really good at kind of just making you think a little bit about you as a leader. What are what are the skills that you have? What are the things do you need to improve on to continue to be a, a good leader? And, and, and got... taking the time out to be able to do those courses really helps people to um, reflect and really reflect on their their own style, doesn't it? And I think he said about reflection was such an important element. Um, what did he say? Be, you know, reflection can make you effective. Um, he said, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did say that. And I think we've also got some digital modules, which sort of kind of you can pick in the things that you think, well, actually, I could do with a bit more uh, knowledge around particular areas or, or around leadership. So all the things that I've just uh, mentioned, uh, you can claim Workforce Development Fund, which Jay mentioned too for. So, um, you know, you can, you can claim money back both for doing the course, but also for some of them about using some of that reflecting time as well. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. The other thing that, that I was thinking about, I mean, he again, going back to his passion and the stories he told about when he took um, the, the people on residentials was that focus on, um, you know, working with people learning disabilities, that the, the focus on enabling them to live the fullest life that they could and, and really to, to develop their skills, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he talked yeah. about the impact yeah. of holidays and that sort of thing. And, and I think for those working in the learning disability and autism field may not be aware of all the resources we've got on our website um, for that. And we have got specific resources because of the, um, you know, maybe some of the, the different approaches that are needed when working in that field. And uh, I would encourage people if they haven't already done it to sign up to the newsletter that we we send regularly updating on some of those resources that are on our website. But the newsletter, there's a, there's a link that people can actually get that. And that means they're kept up to date with some of the things that we produce. And I think that will help. He, he was very much into learning and sharing and, and, and working, wasn't he, to sort of make sure that people could um, be given the best opportunities in their life. Absolutely. And the newsletter, as well as the Schools for Care update resources. Apologies for my dog there in the background. Um, news of kind of from the sector. And again, it's mm. going back to that CPD, keeping yourself up mm. to date, what's happening out, outwards, looking outwards and thinking, you know, do I know about the changes that's happening in my, my part of the sector? Mm. Um, I think it's really important. So we hope you enjoyed um, today's episode and, and look forward to um, the next one. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye.